Hey, 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 everybody. What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Powwow of Pops coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, just actually hitting the eight-year mark this year and super stoked to start it off. It's been a while since I had an actual guest on the show because of all the craziness over the past few years. But uh, lucky enough, one of the bands I've been trying to get on for a long time, it came to fruition and this gentleman was kind enough to spend a little a few minutes with me and it is ron emery from the band tsol what's up ron how you doing i'm doing very well man thank you again so much for doing this and like how we were discussing before you have like 60 jobs going on at one time so yeah you. and you know you, you hit a point there over the last few years boy it's been really something hasn't it yes it has it's been pretty wild it's been, it's pretty just wild. been crazy um but usually um I like to start this stuff pretty much at the beginning. Like, um, where are you from originally? Uh, well, I was born in South Central Los Angeles in Linwood, California, and uh, my grandparents and my parents went to Compton High School, and so I can literally say straight out of Compton. But they went to Compton High School, Compton College, and my grandparents lived in uh, Linwood and then in Paramount on the other half. Right on. So I was right in the heart, right in the heart of South Central LA, and um, moved uh, when when I was born. Uh, we we moved to Bellflower, um, which is just it's kind of like a white ghetto in South Central Los Angeles, but right. it's uh, a little bit east. But uh, at about eleven years old, maybe yeah, eleven years old, I moved to Huntington Beach. Okay. And uh, grew up there. Okay. So um, um, prior to you moving to Huntington Beach or anything else like that, um, is your family, um, do you come from a musical background? Is your family into music? Like, do you, did you grow up around it? Uh, well, I, I'm the youngest of three boys, and I come from a broken family, you know, of course, like a lot of lot of people. And yep. <laughs> uh, my, dad, my, my dad left in 1968, and... Uh, uh, you know, my oldest brother took me to my first concert, which was Alice Cooper. Tired. The first concert, I shouldn't say it was my first concert, but the first concert I got to actually go in right. with my oldest brother. <laughs> and that was Alice Cooper. And that was, um, okay. I think, 1972. Okay. And um, so I was 10 at the time. And um, my mom was probably at that know, concert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, and I don't even remember exactly where it was at. It was in Southern California, Anaheim, or somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. But um, but I, you know, I was ten, and and uh, you know, my oldest brother was really into music in that late '60s, early '70s era. We always had music in the house. Um, you know, whether it was like you know Motown, Soul, what have you. Yeah. But um, my oldest brother got into like Cream and Slade and all that kind of stuff, and and um hendrix and and things like that uh what really got me into music yeah i went to that concert I, it didn't really make an impression on me i was a surfer skateboarder you know yeah first love was first love was surfing right now my grandpa put me on a surfboard when, when i was three years old in okay. 1965 and <laughs> and yeah and then you know when there was no waves you skateboarded so it was surfing and skating were my first two loves uh, girls came along somewhere along the way right. and then uh, music came along and I really got into music not from my oldest brother because he he always had 
great records. He had great stereos in his cars. Right. And, you know, like I say, he took me to my first concert. But my my older brother, Bob, who's the middle brother, is who really got me into this, this kind of alternative music where it wasn't, you know, excuse my French, but cock rock and all right. that, you know, yeah, just... Yeah love songs and stuff that was meaningless essentially yeah. um you know bob got me into this new music that was coming out and and that was probably in 1978 okay and uh and i remember i busted my leg skating and uh, i was stuck at home but they went and saw in Huntington Beach at the Golden Bear, the the Weirdos and the Dickies came and played, and that was like oh, the shit. first first show, and it was at the Golden Bear, which was like a, a place that had been there forever, and it's like you know every rock star in the world played there, but um, it was right on Coast Highway and Main Street, and yeah. the Dickies and the Weirdos played, and that was like it, it was either early 1979 or late 1978 and, and they saw that and I couldn't go cause I had a cast up to my, you know, my crotch and, wow. and, uh, and they came back and they were just fired up. And that was my brother and Mike Roach, who was also my best friend. And yeah. I was 11 or 12 years old, you know, and, um, immediately they started going to the only record store around, uh, that had, these kind of records, which was in Long Beach, that was getting all these import records, and and uh, they started buying 45s and albums, just whatever was the newest thing. Yeah. And uh, we just, we just sat and listened to records all the time, you know. And luckily, feeling very fortunate and and, and lucky that I grew up when I did, because mm-hmm. in Southern California, Southern California at that time, you could go to a show almost every night of the week, you know. I mean, grant you. Granted, I was like 16, 17 years old, so I couldn't really do much. I didn't have a car or anything, but my brother did. And we would go every weekend. We would go see a show, you know, and it would be anyone from X or The Plugs or um, Bevo or, you know, 999. You know, just so many different bands. And all these European bands were coming over at the time. And it was really a great time because you could actually go see bands every weekend you know and uh what did it it for me as far as wanting to start to play was we went and saw the clash and i I believe it was 1978 maybe early 1979 and the moment they walked out on stage i was like i believed them you know i believed what they were saying they weren't they, they had meaning to their songs their songs were cool they sounded great live they looked really cool and that made that did it for me where I wanted to buy a guitar. So I got a job and I bought my own guitar. <laughs> Damn. Okay, yeah. That's that's it's so funny. I love hearing that those stories and the bands that usually pop it off and then you're just like, That's it, I'm gonna go buy an instrument and do this for you know, it's it's on now. So So Yeah, yeah, and I had, I had my first band uh, you know, shortly after that. It, okay. it was with Paul Bashir, Steve Olson, and Brian Wassman. And Brian Wassman was an older guy. He played drums, but he played in a lot of the early L.A. punk rock bands. He was actually uh, probably not documented anywhere or anything. Like, yeah. you don't hear it a lot. He was actually the very first drummer for Black Flag. Oh, shit. Um, he, was in, he was in some bad bands called The Eyes, The Cynics, <laughs> a whole bunch of bands, you know. Yeah. And Brian was... Steve Olson was another dear friend from surfing and skating. He was a world champ skateboarder, okay. bird skater, pool skater. 
Um, we surfed and skated together all the time. He played bass. I played guitar, and Paul Bashir sang. So uh, it, it was cool. We all grew up in the same neighborhood. And at this at this point, um, because Steve was in an area that is close to Long Beach and everyone else lived in that same neighborhood in Long Beach. Yeah. It's kind of like right on the border of Orange County and Long Beach. Yeah, yeah. We all just kind of had a melting pot and and all decided to start playing at the same time. Well, Mike Roach started playing at the same time too, playing bass, but he had a band called The Accidents. Okay. And uh, so we started out in different bands. Todd and Jack had Vicious Circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with with some other friends so you know we all had, we had three different bands between the original members of tso we had three <laughs> different bands and they all lasted about two shows <laughs> and, then, and then we decided hey we should play together you know? right right maybe it'll be easier if the four friends do it right the ones that <laughs> right, right so what was tell me yeah. like in that time period because like i said i mean i grew up in florida so like the biggest thing for me you know, but we could do usually, and this was, you know, like mid eighties, it's like, we'd have to go to Tampa or St. Pete and, you know, you got to see circle jerks and seven seconds and social distortion yeah. and stuff like that. But like, you know, in Florida, the music scene wasn't really that crazy except for, I think in Gainesville, Gainesville definitely has always had an amazing music scene. Like the punk scene here has been around forever and it's, and it's also has all ever types of scenes like a jazz scene a, you know hip-hop scene. yeah like it's it's very well right. it's a really cool place to have a music scene in florida but what was it well like? you got tom petty came from there right tom petty grew up in games yes he did yes he did that's exactly where yeah. he's yes he's that so like he was the one that got away and then you know the record labels tried to trick him and he tricked them back instead so uh yeah he got he, he got he got him over yeah <laughs> yes he Good did one. so what was it like growing up in being able to know that you had this cornucopia of like of of shows every night the ability of maybe a pick of a person that you could join a band with or start another band with like what the, what must have been that what was that like to have that uh, uh, availability to you or in that access well you know at the time we didn't really think about it it was just like new everything was new and you know the, the germs you know there were so many bands that were coming out and so many great bands, um, you know, Circle Church, of course, you know, Black yeah. Swag. There was so many. And then you got all these East Coast DC bands. You've got San Francisco bands. You've got, there was just scenes popping up everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, our little scene was the Orange County scene, the Long Beach scene. We're actually considered a Long Beach band, even though half of us grew up in Orange County, half of us grew up in Long Beach. Right. Um, Mike and I ended up moving in with Todd, our original drummer. He lived with his grandparents, and they had a guest house out back, which became our studio, and we ended up just moving in there. So we all we all ended up being in the neighborhood in Long Beach. So, um, you know, you didn't really think about it at the time. It's really reflecting on it, like, damn, we were lucky, you know? I mean... You, you, you literally, I mean, I must have seen 999 half a dozen times. I right. must have seen the dam half a dozen times back. I mean, originally back then, I've seen them a bunch since then. But, yeah. you know, uh, just so many great bands that were coming over and all, all the regular L.A. bands, you know, you could go just... If you ever, if you ever get a chance, Google like like the Starwood, like a, like a calendar for the Starwood. You'll be like, every okay. single night there's... 
the blasters. There's this, there's that, you know I mean? It's, yeah. You could go every single night of the week and, you know, I guess not really taking it for granted, just feeling like blessed and lucky that man at that time. And of course we didn't have devices. So if you're learning an instrument and you're teaching yourself, yeah. all you are, all you have is the visual of a, if you're lucky enough to go see somebody live, try to remember what they're doing on guitar. <laughs> this is me, but I did trying to keep a picture in my head of where his hands were during right. what song. Come home and listen to the freaking record a thousand times and try to figure it out. You know, I did that with the germs a lot. Right, right. <laughs> Because Pat Smear was a big influence on me, and I, I got to see the Germs probably half a dozen times, Damn. and uh, before they fell apart, and and uh, you know, I, I got to come home after every one of those shows and stay up all night and put you know GI on and try, yeah. <laughs> or what we do is secret, and just yeah. try to figure it out, you know. So, so when did you like? When did you guys hit that point to where you were kind of like the more well-known punk band of that? time period like and you st what what do you think it was about your band that stuck out amongst your peers I, I really don't I really don't know but you know I mean we had um you know we, we it was kind of it's kind of interesting because if you look back on it we we were like the one of the first bands that all different kinds of people were coming that girls were actually excited to come to a show like the LA scene there was like the art students and right. you know the leather the leather crowd and, and it's all cool it's all <laughs> yeah. different it's all exciting but our shows you know and i, I don't know it's weird because 1982 we played the hollywood palladium and that holds about five thousand people Damn. and we pulled that out and it was like it, it was amazing you know i mean it, it, it people weren't nobody was doing that at that time yeah you know, nobody was some. Yeah, the whiskey would sell out a couple nights. That holds a couple, two, three hundred people. Yeah. Uh, the star would hold three, three hundred, four hundred people, whatever. And yeah, you sell those out. And, and but to be in a giant room, you know, like that. Other than like, you know, I saw the Clash when I the first two times I saw them it was like Santa Monica Civic, which is a big venue, right. seemingly big, but um, you know. It, it, no one else was really doing stuff like that. No one was playing those kind of shows. And I don't know what the attraction was, what the draw was. You know, I, I, we had a good looking singer. I don't know what it was. You know, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I think uh, that might've been a part of that because that's, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and just the, the mystery of what, what's going to happen because, you know, something always happened at one of our shows, you know, it, it was, it was always an, an uncertainty and, uh, yeah. uh, there was a there was a a thread of that uncertainty and and you wanted to be a part of it you know you just wanted to see what was going to go down or what was right. going to happen or so how was it and, yeah how was it between like like you know how they the the I'm, I'm going to be corny here and go to the scene in suburbia where like you have the metalheads that fuck around with the punk rock kids did was there did you have to you know fight with Nazi skinheads and shit and you know like did they come to the shows and try to screw things up because I grew up in Florida and we had a lot of Nazi skins and they would always come to all the shows and you couldn't even get in the slam pit without getting destroyed you know like so it was yeah like, there there definitely there was a lot of that and a lot of uh, I mean it still goes on to a certain extent but uh, there was always that threat of you know, who's going to show up, what is their intent, you know, yeah. what, 
and we're, you know, it, it's the music that we created and that we, we still create. And, you know, it, 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 it's like, I mean, look, we wrote an album called Divided We Stand. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know what year it was, 2003 or something or 10. I don't know what it was, but, and then look where we are now. We right. know, we're very divided. Um, yep. but you know, when you, when you write songs like abolish government, you know, people can relate to that, you know, forget about God. He's not here to see. Well, yeah, you know, they, they base this country on God and, and, you know, it's on our dollar bills and everything. And, and I'm a firm believer in, in, uh, in, uh, your religious freedom and, 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 and I believe myself, but boy, if I look at the government, I don't see anything of, you know, like, like Jesus teachings involved in any of that, you know? <laughs> No. Like, wait a minute. No. So, so you know, in 1980, we recognized that, and we wrote a song called "Abolish Government." It yeah. means nothing to me. It's about God. He's not here to see. Yep. Definitely not part of the government. You know. Yeah. And even though that's what they claim. You know. And and you know, I, I think people just could relate, and and people showed up just because they they didn't know what was going to happen, and they wanted to be a part of. You know. Yeah. And it was. It was an exciting time, and it still is, you know. I mean, we still do very well out here, at least, you know. And we, we do well everywhere. We haven't been down your way in a few years, but, um, yeah, a lot you of know, bands, it's, it's... A lot of bands don't make it down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. it was funny. Our last trip down there, we were down, and in, in, uh, we had... We had a day off down there, so we we went. Well, let's go to the beach because we're all you know. We all grew up at the beach, you know. Like I could see the ocean from my bedroom, you know. It was, it, we we grew up literally across the street from Coast Highway, and you know, like yeah, let's go to the beach. It's hot out. We got a day off, and so we went to Vero Beach, right? Yep. And and we're just like, man, it's crowded. You now the beach is crowded. No one's in the water. What the hell, you know? We go stupid kids, stupid. You know, we're adults now, but right. this is just about. Three Four years ago, four or five years ago, maybe we go jump in the water. We're out there swimming and you know body surfing and blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, lifeguards come flying in from every different direction, and they're like, "There's sharks! We're totally infested with sharks oh. out here, black tip sharks." <laughs> we're, we're, we're just laughing because you know we grew up surfing and whatnot, and it's like, "Oh yeah, whatever." But then we yeah. looked, we googled it when we got back to our hotel. We're like, "Yeah, Bureau Beach, the most shark attacked." <laughs> Right. Come from California, you get attacked by a shark in Florida. <laughs> right. It's like going to Disney and getting getting ate by a gator. It's like <laughs> not good. Yeah. Yeah. But so like along along your processes, as you guys grew as a band, um, I knew that you had taken a break uh, from them for a while. But and did you? decide to just leave or were you done with them at the time I'm guessing and just wanted to oh uh, try something different? yeah in 1987 yeah I quit in 1987 yeah. we were in the middle of recording a record and you know I I, I was an iron worker at the time and Damn. I had a full-on job that I had to be there at six in the morning and I was working my ass off like I and I had been an iron worker for years but um you know I'd go straight from from working downtown LA and drive all the way across either to the Valley or to the West side, wherever we were at the time. And no one would show up for hours and hours and hours. Uh, and everyone was strong. Everyone was, you know, high yeah. on Coke or, or, or heroin or, you know, alcoholics, what have you, you know? <laughs> and, and, 
I just got sick of it, and I said, you know what, I'm done. You can have my van, you can have the trailer, you can have everything, I'm done. And I, and I left, but, um, you know, and then th- that being said, you know, it wasn't too long later that I became strung out and I became, you know, homeless and heroin addict and, you know, all the same thing. But, um, yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it was, it was rough, but I, I, I quit because I was just frustrated. Yeah. And, and you're, and after leaving something that you loved and created and stuff like that and working so hard and having an issue with addictions and stuff like that, cause I definitely have grown up in a family with that same problem, addictions and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. And uh, it's it's really funny to me, and I mean it's sad and funny at the same time because this year, you know, like I don't know about you, but during this COVID thing, we've lost a lot of, I've lost a lot of friends, you know, due to you know ODs, depression, and stuff like that since the whole COVID thing. Cause, oh yeah, because the you know the the camaraderie and the togetherness at the punk rock scene, I always felt was like we all needed each other to keep us sane. And right. when you pull that that away from us, and you take these um, out, like people, I mean, pe- most of the time they, I mean, most, I, you know, I've been in therapy for ten years, and she's like, people with high anxiety and and depression and hyperactive attention deficit disorder, these are all people that are usually in the punk rock scene, and they all glom together, you know, because we're, yeah. you know, we, we're all empathetic to one another in some way or in form, and when you go away from that and it sometimes you go into a pretty dark place and it sounds like that you did, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you got out of it and congratulations on doing so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I make it another four days, I'll have 23 years of sobriety and I'm the baby in the band. Yeah. So, yeah. It's all, it's all good. I mean, you know, it's life's still hard and, it, and it's still a struggle, but it's a lot easier and a lot better. You know, it, it's, it's just a lot better for sure. I don't know about easier, but, yeah. um, you know, and like I said, I'm the baby. Jack's probably 30 some odd years, 30, I don't know if it's 33 years sober. Greg is nice. uh, 20, 28 or 29, and Mike's like 25. Um, but I, I, I came on board because those guys never turned their back on me. They always were there for me. And right. and when I when I was ready, they were there, and, and they helped me through it. And, and I'm really grateful. I mean, it's, it's good. You know, and it's weird because I... I I reflect on my mother a lot, you know, and my godmother, they, they were best friends. My mother's still alive, but my, I lost my godmother last year. And, and, um, yeah, they, they talked on the phone every day. They were best friends since they were three years old, since 1940. And they never, they never went a day without talking to each other. And, uh, man, that's just a thing. That's so crazy to even think that. And then now I think about it. You know, I'm going to be 60 this year in May, and my coach have been friends since he was 12 and I was 11, wow. you know. So we've been friends for an awful long time, you know, and best friends. And, and that's the crazy thing about time is that it does go faster than what you ever imagined it would go. <laughs> yeah, but, but to touch on your point, yes, I mean, we lost. This last couple of years has been just horrific. I mean, yeah. just last week we other friend um and, and it it's almost it's it, not quite daily but boy you hear about you know secondhand friends or you know yeah. people that you're acquainted with all the time yeah. and then you know 
yeah, few a week, you're like, oh God, no, you know, and yeah. and uh, you always wonder, like, well, why not me, you know, or why, why? Yeah. At least I do, you know. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, I'm I'm not that good of a person. Why am I still here? And <laughs> right, then you right. Know, that there's more work to do, you know. It's, oh yeah, it's, totally. Yeah. So, like, when you guys, because I noticed uh, when I actually started reaching out to y'all, I think it was like at the end of 2018. And, uh, and, uh, things, you know, seemed like things were starting to pick up and things have seemed to, you know, pick up for you guys again. You guys made, uh, did you guys make a documentary? No, it's still in the works. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's more like a, it's more like a movie, really. It's okay. not really like a documentary, like think of like a band. It's Jack's hoping to finish it up in the next month or so. Okay. And what, 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 what if, yeah. can you say anything about, like, what does it entail, or? Well, it's called Ignore Heroes, and it's, uh, it, it's more of a story. It's not, it's not like a documentary. I mean, yes, it, it documents the, the, uh, the history of the band from people who are actually there, and there's no, it's not like, you know, it's not like we got anyone talking about or influencing us or, you know, or right. us influencing them. There's none of that kind of stuff. It's more of a, a movie. It's more of a story. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's 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 pretty exciting. It's expensive to do that kind of stuff, man. Like, <laughs> We're well, learning. And Jack, Jack's raised quite a bit of money doing it, but, man, you know, when you talk about, like, because Todd passed away in 1999, the year I got sober, yeah. uh, about six months I, I got sober. Todd, our original drummer, passed away, and and uh, um, you know, so we don't have footage of Todd. We don't have uh, anything. So what, what we've decided to do, or what Jack has decided to do, because he's he's the producer of this, so okay. he's got he hired like animators and stuff. So there's like you know, cool. Uh, we might be telling stories about Todd and then as we're narrating or telling it, it's a, it's an animation of whatever that scene might be, you know, yeah. man, animation's expensive. Yes. <laughs> yes. $11,000 or $6,000 a minute or, you know, yeah. it's a lot. You know? I know. I should have went to art school. <laughs> yeah. Cause I couldn't afford it. So it was this community college or the Marines. So, <laughs> but uh so what is uh what is your plan from here on out with the band do you guys have other uh things that you're working on i see you guys are playing crazy amounts of shows which is awesome well just starting up you know i mean we were on tour when covid hit we were in seattle we we actually had some shows booked in canada which we were going to try to get into we've been banned for life from canada <laughs> but we thought well maybe we haven't tried in like 10 years. Maybe we'll try to get into Canada. And we had uh, a, a, a booking agent in, in Vancouver who swore he could get us in. We got to the border and they, they promptly said, you know, you've been told three times you're not allowed in this country. And, you know, funny thing is the time before that, when we tried to get into Canada, they turned us back around and then the United States didn't want to let us back in. Yeah. So we all have records, you know, we've all got criminal records <laughs> right. and, you know, it gets frowned on quite a bit when you're trying to go to Canada, especially, but, um, I know cause there's no criminals up there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I mean, 
they're just extra strict. I mean, yeah. they, if you had a DUI, they wouldn't even let you in. It's no kind of crazy. But um, anyways, yeah, we, you know, so we were on tour when COVID broke out. And we, we got turned around and we got stuck in Seattle for four days because uh, we couldn't get into Vancouver. And that was when the first death happened from COVID up in Seattle. Mm. And we were there. And um, so we made our way back down to uh, Alex's. Well, the last show was Alex's bar of that year. And we had the Viper Room. And then two shows at the Viper Room and one at Alex's bar. And then I flew home because uh, we had four days off on the tour. And I just left everything and flew home with the clothes on my back. And every show from that point on was canceled and every flight was canceled and everything else was canceled. So I, um, I came home and left my van, my trailer, my gear, my clothes, everything in California and Huntington beach. And, um, so we lost, you know, for, for 2020 and 2021, yeah. like I just got our accountant, uh, our um, booking agent just sent me, the shows from 2021 and we only played six shows in 2021 wow. so uh, that's crazy in that 40th anniversary tour of 19 of uh, 2020 yeah which was 40th anniversary of when jack was in the band uh from our first recording so it was a 40th anniversary of that yeah and uh we had we had like 153 shows booked worldwide and Man. they all got canceled now so it, 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 we, we've got to make up a few of them over the last, you know, few months. You're right. We've played a few, you know, not many. Yeah. Um, but this year's looking a little bit better so far. I mean, we played our January shows, uh, which, which we usually do right at the beginning of the year, LA and Orange County. We did those. And then I've got um, March, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, Six, maybe something like that booked and then April we've got a couple shows in Long Beach back to back and uh, you know it's picking up we've, we've got shows booked throughout March, uh, throughout May I think yeah. so we'll see that's I, well but, you know hopefully universe willing it, uh, nothing <laughs> nothing crazy it happens you know between now and then but yeah who knows? that's why you, that's take what, a day by day yeah right that's that's why I try to just live in the moment. That's <laughs> yep, the best yeah. way. You know, so yep. so you got um, any other plans? Do you have any other uh, side things that you would like to uh, share with everybody out there listening to the show well, today that you would like to promote I or anything? Stay, I, I stay busy with, um, I started, my wife and I started a nonprofit uh, music school out here in Sioux City, Iowa. Um, that's where I live for the last 16 years I've lived out here. Um, so I stay busy with giving back to the community and giving back to, you know, underprivileged kids that would never have the opportunity to, to, uh, have an instrument and, uh, learn how to play it and whatnot. That's yeah. been incredibly award rewarding, you know, like, um, just watching a kid flourish and, and tell them to write a song about what's going on in school or what they saw on the news or what, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, well, I know for a fact that, that several, several kids have really flourished from, from our program. We've been, we've been at it for 11 years now. And so I do that daily, uh, constantly working down there. Okay. And, uh, 
yeah, that's 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 it. And, and uh, that's not, so you that know, means you kind of you kind of since you're working with young folks like that all the time, you uh, you have to kind of keep up on the new music that's out that they talk about and stuff like that. Oh, oh God, yeah, it's funny, man. What's so I what's, mean, I, I've been teaching. What's I've what, been teaching kids guitar for the last twelve years, right? And, and if you if you look at my history on my on like YouTube or something on my iPad, you'd yeah. laugh because <laughs> you know I, I, it's been it's been a weird uh, run lately of uh, all the little rocker kids. You know they they're all they all discovered Metallica at once. So oh, wow. I'm teaching I'm teaching a ton of Metallica, <laughs> and, and it's driving me nuts. But you know. <laughs> Like, hey, you know what? Metallica opened up for TSOL once, so. <laughs> oh shit! There you go. Yeah, there it's you fun, go. you know. But <laughs> I, I, it, it keeps me on my toes because you know it's like, it's like you know if you don't use it, you lose it. You know? Yeah. So I, 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 I'm open to learning everything. I teach. I have kids from four years old to eighty-four years old. Yeah, you know, right. and yeah, it's like I got a guy who is him and his wife never had kids his wife passed away and he says you know i always wanted to play guitar and i'm like you know he came and visited and got a tour of the facility and everything and i'm like well yeah well why don't you here i'll give you a guitar and uh and uh so he's like well do you think i could learn this 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 old and he was like 75 at the time you know and and uh i said of course you can you know do you think you can because I, I think you can and and he goes well you know i have a really I have all my records from when I was a teenager, and I'd like to learn some of those songs. I said, well, well, why don't you bring your records in? He goes, well, they're all 45s. I don't know if we could play them anywhere here. <laughs> no, I got a record player. You know, that's my my musical education. I have a vinyl room at yeah. the conservatory, and it's like, that's my musical education right there. Of course we could play them. Yeah. And Don brings in his, uh, his, his record collection of 45s, and I'm just floored, man. It's like, Link Ray, Eddie Cochran. It's oh, like, wow. It's all the greatest. Dwayne Eddie, all the twangy great guitars, and then it's all like the Ventures and the Astronauts and just oh, all the good like surf the, pro- the, the proto-punk stuff, like the early year stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all, and that's what he was, those were his records from when he was a teenager, wow. and I'm like, John, pick one. Let's learn that. Yeah, right. So he's been with me for about three or four years now, and, and you know, we just keep lear- learning his records, you know, it's really fun, you know. Yeah. I told him I started playing. I found a record in a thrift store called Play Guitar with the Ventures, and you know, I, that was it for me. I learned how to play surf music before yeah. anything else. Oh, did you really? Was that your first? How you? No, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I had a couple of people show me some chords. Jim K from the crowd and Mike Rubin from uh, the accident showed me a few chords, but. I, I got that record, um, and it was literally like a book inside of a, a, a gatefold album. Yeah. And you put the record, on and it would go slow, like a complement guitar, da 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 da, and then it would go lead guitar, da 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 da, and it would show you how to do it. And so I learned all those surf songs, man. Wow. It was great. That's what I learned to play before anything. <laughs> That's, I mean, I guess it's kind of fitting. Seeing that your first love is surfing, that seems like that would be, that kind of would fit hand in hand, so. But man, uh, this this was painless, I hope. 
I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Again, like I said, I, I didn't want to. I don't take up too much, too much of your time. I just wanted to uh, have you on the show, have you uh, kind of tell your story. Uh, this is kind of like one of those things. It's kind of like a library that's going to be, you know, there forever, you know, out there on the internet, oh. and and people will always be able to. If they ever, you know, this is this is one of those things why I also started doing the shows so I could archive, you know, uh, these artists and musicians that go out there and and go through different variations of trauma in life and and fight different things and overcome other things and and, and beat the obstacles and are still around and still rocking it and still and still putting out the message and uh, giving even us older punk rock kids, you know that that stuff that we you know crave and that's just an appreciation more than anything else so i thank you for your time well i thank you for being patient too man you know it's like i i have i have quite a bit of anxiety about this I, there's not a lot of interviews with me because i don't i don't really like talking that much about anything but yeah you know i'm i'm, I'm glad that we finally hooked up and and got to have this conversation yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, like, like I, it's just a conversation between two humans, you know, and it's, and that's what I usually try yeah. to hope the per other person that's on the other side feels. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to call you a brother now, so I appreciate it. And, uh, and, uh, and again, appreciate your time, your music and, uh, all the things that you're doing for your community right now. That's pretty cool. And, uh, that should be a yeah. good little share thon with other people to kind of, you know, you can always get, but you can also give as well. So, well, I, I learned pr pretty quick, you know, once I, when I got sober that if I wanted to keep it, I had to give it away. So, yeah, probably giving away probably two hundred guitars in the last ten years, and and other instruments as well. And you know, scour pawn shops and stuff, and buy stuff for cheap, and fix it up, and give it to a kid, and yeah. watch him flourish. That's really, it's really what it's all about for me. Yeah, and making a difference in the, in the neighborhood that my wife grew up in. You know, it's like we when we bought the building down where we're at. We actually have a couple buildings down there now, but okay. we bought in this neighborhood that wasn't the most desirable neighborhood. But right. you know, when you file for permits and everything with the city, they're like, ah, you know, you're never going to do anything good in that neighborhood. Right. You're never going to change. You're never going to do this. Never going to do that. It's all negative, negative, negative. Yeah, and I thought. I stopped and I was like, you know what? With that attitude, of course nothing is ever going to get done, you know? And they're like, why do you want to be down there? And I said, well, first of all, uh, that's my wife's neighborhood she grew up in, and she would like to be down there. So that's there's that. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know what? We found a building that suits us very well, and there's that. <laughs> yeah, so there. <laughs> and, you know, and, and what's cool is, you know. City, we, we city government can be a pain in the ass sometimes. <laughs> yeah we were down on that block now there's a and i have a recording studio too we have a little restaurant down there nice we've got a vintage clothing store we've got the conservatory has two buildings we have a, a homeless advocacy center down there across the street there's a uh, they just moved in another vintage clothing store okay. and across the street to the north uh, another tattoo shop and another recording studio. So oh, wow. it's really changed a lot, you know. And yeah. Hopefully we've made an impact on the whole block and it's called the Pierce Street Corridor and okay. see if so 
something good happens there. I, I know it does, but uh, anyways, enough about that. Yeah, um, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, I man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's like I said, it's awesome. Um, I actually am on a radio show every Monday night. It's a local like radio, sh- like internet radio show. It's called uh, the Punk Rock Revival, and we do it live oh, cool. at six p.m. And you could stream it from your phone. Uh, you should check it out because you'll definitely hear your songs on there because we play them quite often. Um, so, oh, <laughs> but yeah, man, punk rock uh, yeah, punk, the punk rock revival. Yep, on www.wgot.org. So, okay, it's a great show. Cool. So. But yeah, man, again, well, th- yeah, man, thank you for being on. It's 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 been an amazing time. I really. I was kind. Of, I was so nervous because this has been. I've been building it up for such a long time, so uh, I'm glad it went well. And uh, uh, thank you for sharing your story. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you for having me, Darren. Yeah, uh, Ron. Sorry, Darren's calling. Jason. You got it, Ron. Take Appreciate it easy, man. It. All right. Peace. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, there it is, folks. Ron Emery from TSOL. Y'all have a great night. Peace.